Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle's senior political writer. And today on the podcast, my guest is the Chronicle's editorial page editor, John Diaz. We are going to talk about the Senate debate between Kevin DeLeon and Dianne Feinstein. We know none of you watched it because it was on at noon on a Wednesday. It was on live stream. It wasn't even on TV, barely on radio anywhere. So we're going to break it down, and you can go back and watch it if you want, next on It's All Political. John Diaz, welcome back to a very special post-Senate debate edition of It's All Political. Always a pleasure, Joe. <laughs> and we have breaking news from the Ivory Tower. You have already written your editorial declaring a winner in we, today's Senate debate. We have declared a winner, Joe. I think it was Dianne Feinstein uh, clearly won this debate. She accomplished everything that she needed to accomplish. Kevin DeLeon accomplished nothing of what he needed to accomplish to change the dynamic of this race that is hers to lose. And so what did, was it sort of a, it was not a technical knockout or even a knockout by anyone, but it was a, how did how did she win this debate? Well, I think she, if, if nothing else, Dianne Feinstein won by not losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin DeLeon, the burden was on him to make the case that either he could be in a policy way much different than her or somehow more effective. And that, that the second was a very tall order to go in and say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be more effective than a U.S. senator who's been there since 1992, knows her way around, has risen up in seniority. She's the ranking Democrat on the Judiciary Committee. I just didn't see it. Where what was most striking to me was, you know, for a year, it's literally been a year since he declared his candidacy. And he said, you know, he goes at Feinstein for being, you know, born and raised in Pacific Heights and out of touch. And, uh, you know, where has she been on the resistance? And, you know, he doesn't come at her at all directly in here. He doesn't even send, uh, you know, say her name. He uses this uh, thing, uh, this device saying Washington has not been uh, aggressive enough on on uh, Trump. What's Washington? That's Republicans, Democrats. Who's he talking about? What's what's up with that? Yeah, you know the 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 thing that I found really interesting, Joe, is it took probably I I wasn't looking at my watch, but it was at least forty five minutes into the debate before Kevin DeLeon named a single Feinstein vote that he disagreed with, and that was the Iraq War. Uh, you cannot sit back if you're you're challenging someone and you're 11 points behind and just assume that that the viewers are going to be gleaning your greatness and your empathy and your poignancy and all the anecdotes, which he did very well, by the way. Yeah, no, I he, thought that was his strength. You had a good uh, uh, comment on our on our live uh, chat that we were doing on uh, as the debate was streaming online. Uh, and you said that he was uh, he humanized a lot of these issues. He did a good job of that. Yeah, he he certainly did. And and at the same time, Diane Feinstein, as is her wont, had a bit of a you know uh, lecture 
<laughs> yes, element she, to it. Yes, she got, but me, that was a very mild scolding yeah, on a Feinstein me, scale. Let, let me explain to you, young man, how Washington works. <laughs> Unlike in Sacramento and that little pay, playpen that you have with all Democrats, uh, in Washington, we have to work with Republicans to get anything done. And, and here's where I worked with Republicans on, you know, pick your issue, immigration or the environment, water. Um, and, and I think uh, even though neither, neither candidate really sparkled, I don't think there was a memorable moment uh, no. really that, that is going to define that debate. But Feinstein was steady and, yeah. and certainly did what she needed to do. She wasn't pressed at all, uh, either uh, from the uh, moderator, Mark Baldessari, who did, I think, a very a solid job, given the format, and, and, uh, and from, uh, or from uh, De Leon. Um, am I being cynical here that he was in, could have been in career preservation mode? He's 51 years old. He's termed out in the Senate. Maybe he's, you know, he didn't want to come off as being, you know, uh, uh, offending this uh, California icon, if you will. Um, is that, is that, was he, is that, am I being too cynical? Is he, is he just trying to, you know, uh, as someone put it in the story we had, wrote the, today, uh, in sort of career preservation mode, you know, to try and, you know, win by losing today? I thought your advanced story really hit that point, Joe, and I think that's exactly what we saw today. Uh, whether it was because he was thinking in the future or he basically has given up or had bad strategy, had bad opposition research. I mean, he left so much on the table, Kevin DeLeon, so many missed opportunities. You know, when the subject turned to, to water, and, and, and I agree with you, I thought the format was somewhat limiting, really by design. I mean, Mark yeah. Baldessari and Public Policy Institute of Cal California they're very substantive, very serious. Baldessari clearly wanted to uh, cover a lot of territory and not have it get into a tit-for-tat, uh, which he succeeded in doing. But still, even if the format is limiting, limiting you, if you are a strong candidate and you really want to win the election and you've got the goods on your opponent, then you, you bust through that format. You, know, you say, right. well, hang on, let me get one more point. I can't imagine that Baldessari would have stopped him at that point. And, and that a good example was water. When the issue turned to water, uh, Feinstein gave her spiel. Kevin DeLeon gave his spiel, you know, mostly focusing on the twin tunnels. There are some vulnerabilities for Feinstein on water, you know, where she has sided with big agriculture interests and and really drawn the ire of environmentalists. Uh, that would have been a great opportunity for uh, DeLeon to to jump in and and just having written some editorials about that over the years. I know it's also an issue that Feinstein is very touchy about. Yes, no, no, she's, <laughs> she's very touchy about that. And she's also, and especially when he portrays himself as the hero to uh, environmentalism here in California, and he has led some, done some great legislation on that. What, you know, in terms of the, the uh, you know, that, as I characterize the story in the, in the Chronicle uh, that'll come out soon, or probably it already is, um, you know, it was sort of the activist versus the institutionalist. And one, Feinstein's quote here kind of, kind of summarized her position. She said, you know, sure you can protest, and we do, but they, the Republicans, move the majority regardless. Uh, partisanship has become so calcified, she said, that it's, quote, it's like hitting your head against a concrete wall. You can march, you can filibuster, you can talk all night. It doesn't change anything. What changes things are elections. And that's kind of, that's a very uh, realistic view of the role of Democrats in Washington, where they are the minority, 
from someone who's been there 25 years. And even in a divided government, it's difficult. Yeah. And even in an all-democratic government, remember, Diane Feinstein talked about uh, immigration reform. There was a time when, when the Democrats had the presidency in both houses and they did not get immigration right. reform done. These are difficult issues, and especially in the U.S. Senate, which is very process-oriented oh, by, yeah, yeah. by, yes. by nature, yeah. uh, by, by design, by the founders. It's, it's very much supposed to be deliberative, you know, the place where you slow down right. uh, things against the populist uh, sentiment of the, the day. Uh, and I think Feinstein really is ingrained with that. I think De Leon um, you know, was trying to make the pitch that I can overcome this, but we sure didn't see it today. Um, there were no uh, um, direct digs at DiFi's age, but there were certainly some uh, basically uh, thinly disguised ones. Time for a new generation. Uh, uh, we, you know, things along those lines. What did you think about that? Did that was that too vague for people, or was that, or did he play it right, or what did you think? Well, I think De Leon had no choice but to play that very cautiously. I would say this about the age issue, though, Joe, is I talk to Democrats, even Democrats who are inclined to support um, Dianne Feinstein, it gives them pause. She's 85 years old. At the end of her term, she would be 91 years old. Uh, so the question becomes not only in terms of fitness for office, which I think today she clearly showed her capability. I mean, she's yeah. still still on her game. That's not That's not an issue. This was not... Reagan Mondale 1984 debate one where, right, right. Where, where where people were wincing at Ronald Reagan she did fine but there are questions about the um, succession if she is she really in it for the full six years or is she thinking that she's gonna go a, a two three years maybe at the most and then have you know, uh, Governor, uh, presumably Governor Newsom, make yes. an appointment that she or, made. Or, or Governor Cox. That, or Governor Cox <laughs> that she would obviously want to have. I have a feeling, though, Joe, if there's well, a Governor Cox, she will probably I, hang in there. Yeah. Just just a prediction. <laughs> yes, she'll, she'll Ginsburg it. But, but let me tell you what we wrote about that in our editorial. Uh, and that is, and I'm quoting, on the inescapable issue in this race that was not raised directly, age, the 85-year-old Feinstein effectively diffused any questions about her current fitness with her performance. I, th yes. I think, I think, uh, you know, De Leon clearly. You're right. He had all the code words. Yeah. You know, new leadership, right. change. Uh, and when she did that cartwheel out onto the stage, that really diffused. <laughs> See, nobody saw it. So this debate. So we can say that, and we could just sort of make stuff up, and nobody would know, know the difference. And I think that De Leon's uh, repeated use of the the term "senior senator." Yes, senior <laughs> senator. Ouch. Was, Come it on. was maybe not so much out of respect, <laughs> but out of accurate, calculation. But technically accurate. Um, Feinstein made a bit of news today also when she said that she would favor reopening the Senate's investigation into um, Christine Blasey, Ford, Blasey Ford's uh, charges should Democrats retake the Senate. Of course, that's a big clause there, should Democrats retake the Senate. Uh, the other day, Pelosi told us in uh, the editorial board that the, that the party would resist any effort to sort of impeach Kavanaugh. So what did you make of that? Did you... I, uh, the, what I made of that, Joe, was the difference between the where Pelosi is out with the U.S. House and where Dianne Feinstein is with the U.S. Senate. First of all, I think Pelosi was thinking not about what San Francisco would think if she said right. that, but what that would do. Certainly Trump and the Republicans are saying, well, if the 
If the Democrats take the House, they're going to try and impeach the president and impeach Kavanaugh. And I don't think Pelosi was, I think she was very wise not to hand that issue to them. Dianne Feinstein is in a much safer place. Although the interesting thing there, uh, Joe, is when she mentioned that she would be open to reopening investigations. What's part two? If the, you know, is, is, impeachment potentially on the table for this new Supreme Court justice. She, uh, there again, that's where the format was kind of limited. Right. She answered that question afterwards. In the, in the She did a scrum. She came up and talked to reporters for about five or seven minutes afterwards. And uh, we asked her that. And she said that, um, no, she would um, not comment on that because in an impeachment situation, the, the Senate is the jury. Uh, the House brings the charges and the Senate uh, votes on those, so she would not want to prejudice that uh, now before seeing any charges. And so, again, she takes the institutionalist role in that. That's Whereas, whereas De Leon was like, I would, impe- I would impeach him without, you know, there's not even any charges, not even a house that's uh, favorable to that. But, um, again, the difference between the activist and the institutionalist. Um, the other thing, one of the things she, they said was, uh, and this goes to a similar point, where they were talking about how, uh, you know, again, working with Trump. And they said, where can you work with Trump? Uh, Dalian's like, you know, uh, we, how can you work with this guy who keeps moving the goalpost? Um, DiFi says, well, maybe on immigration, maybe on gun control. Again, if there's a uh, Democratic Senate, which I think there's an 80% possibility now that there won't be one. What did you, what'd you make of that? Yeah, I- Certainly for De Leon, who, who's fashioned himself as the resistance candidate, <laughs> that was not really an issue that he wanted yeah. to engage. In the case of uh, Dianne Feinstein, I think there's a certain wishful thinking that you can work with uh, Donald Trump on issues like immigration and, and, and guns. On both those issues at various times in, his, uh, in the last couple of years, he said things that gave hope, but then quickly pulled back. You know, on guns, for example, after yes. Parkland, uh, sounded like he might be up for some reasonable uh, toughening of, of gun control. He quickly retreated, retweeted, retreated, not retweeted, <laughs> retreated, <laughs> he <did that> <laughs> yeah, he retweeted uh, original tweets, though, more. Um, but certainly uh, on immigration, you know, uh, there was some, he talked about the dreamers, but then right. conditioned it on the wall. Or the stupid wall, as De Leon called it. Yes. <laughs> All right. So it looks like, uh, based on what you have said, six more years of Dianne Feinstein in the Senate. Do you think there is any way that uh, we know? Obviously, it's we don't know what the turnout's going to be here, um, but you know, polls are saying that she has a strong uh, you know, lead going into this. She has all the money in the world. He does not. What do you What do you think? Game I th- over. I, I do think it's game over. I, I think the the opening for for De Leon really uh, came with the Kavanaugh hearings. With the not only uh, the left was upset at at Feinstein, the right was upset at Feinstein. Uh, he could have jumped on that issue, uh, although he had his own vulnerabilities on yes. the Me Too and he tried category. To. Yeah. Uh, I think if he had jumped on that more aggressively, th- that might have you know maybe some Republicans. Maybe not paying attention to his platform, which is well, <laughs> to, actually well, for, to, well yes. to well to the left of Feinstein might have uh, rebelled, but I just don't see it. I don't see the lane to victory for him at this point. Right, and, and one more thing. Speaking of Republicans, I you know. Uh, you saw uh, uh, one of our favorite uh, San Francisco Republicans, actually Oakland Republican, uh, Sean Walsh, uh, former advisor to former Governor Pete Wilson in the audience. Um, 
And, you know, what, what, do, what do Republicans do in this race? The polls say that 52% of Republicans and 26% of independents, many of them obviously probably former Republicans, don't plan to even vote in this race. What, did they see anything here today? Well, if the the one thing they might have seen is maybe being a little afraid of uh, Kevin DeLeon, uh, <laughs> seeing that he is uh, fairly far to the left of, of Dianne Feinstein. Uh, I can't imagine that he's going to get many Republican votes. She will get some because, first of all, a lot of Republicans have voted for her in the past. Yep. And, and one thing we know in politics is the best predictor of how you're going to vote in the next election is how you voted in the last election. Once you vote for somebody, you're more prone to vote for them in the future. Mm. Um, but I think Republicans are shut out and frustrated in this U.S. Senate. It's going to be interesting with uh, what we have this year if there's going to be a renewed push to maybe get rid of the top two because I know neither party particularly oh, likes they it. Hate it. They hate it. They hate the top. Both parties hate the top two. I like the top two. I do, too. Yeah, I yeah, do, too. Yeah. And And... When the great independent hope uh, in this race is uh, insurance commissioner candidate Steve Poisner, yes. who's run as independent and made it into the November election. He has, and he's uh, racked up, what, 23 newspaper endorsements? It's, it's, he's been very, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I talked to that campaign the other day. Uh, I talk, actually, I talked to Laura's campaign the other day, and I was like, how do your, uh, how do your polls look, your internal polls? And I was like, well, we, you know, we haven't decided whether to release those yet. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> I think that's your answer. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. John, thank you so much. And uh, wait, we don't have any more debates, do we? we when are we going to meet again? We'll meet again on election night, correct? Well, actually, Joe, maybe the question is, when are we going to have a real debate? Yes. I mean, we, we had the... We, had the, uh, <laughs> we haven't we had, had any, the, We technically. had the 10 a.m. radio-only governor debate. We had the today's in conversation with the Senate <laughs> candidates. You know, we want to rock and roll. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait on that one until next cycle. All right, thank you. Thank you, Joe. I'd like to thank my buddy John Diaz for being the guest today. I'd like to thank uh, Fernando Diaz, no relation, the Chronicle's managing editor for digital, who not only produced this podcast, he shamed me into wearing my vest during the podcast, even though nobody will see it. Uh, and thank you all for listening. And whether you watch a debate live or whether you just hear about it on a podcast, it's all political. <laughs>